everyone. Welcome to episode 287 of This Is Whole Life. Thanksgiving has come and passed already, and I, I'm i not sure I'm ready for, well, I'm not sure I'm ready. I know I'm not ready for Christmas, and I don't know how we got so far into this year. And when it seemed like, you know, we had this Love Is series and it was nine weeks and like, ah, we'll never get there. We'll never make it. And of course we made it. And, and that was in last week in the rear view mirror. And before we got started today, I did want to update you that numerous people have let me know. Thank you very much. That the link that I sent out, it was on Twitter and also in the show notes, the link was an RSS feed link, which really it does the job if you know what you're doing, but it's not one that you'd really want to share with somebody because it, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's way more technical than it needs to be when the link as it should be will actually open up a web browser and a mobile device on a computer. Any way you send it to someone, if they open that link, it's going to take them to a web player that has all nine episodes preloaded into it for their convenience. So that was really the intention of being able to share the love is series in a collection was to just be able to click a link and then they can choose and pick whatever they want. If they want to start at the beginning and work through, or if there was a specific message you wanted, they're all right there. So my apologies that I sent out the wrong link. That link has been updated in last week's show notes. It's in this week's show notes as well, just in case you missed it. And then it will be in standalone social media updates later on this week. So just making sure we had that all taken care of. And I was I was kind of wondering... When we came into this Thanksgiving and we knew we'd be into a a, dimf, a different series or a, and a, you know switching gears and simply grateful and it's like how do you be simply grateful? There's either to me it seems a lot of times like there's either a lot grateful, but simply grateful. It's it, it's usually more complicated than that. And I thought Ken picked an amazing story <laughs> of Jonah. Like, does it get any more complicated? of a story than Jonah, because it just seems like, you know, as kids we go, Oh, Jonah. Yeah. The, you know, in the belly of the whale, you know, there's, there's veggie tales, there's all these things. And we all just kind of think of, at least as a kid, you know, Jonah was in the whale and then, you know, Jesus sent him back or God sent him back about his business. And well, didn't that all end well? Because, you know, the people, the people repented and it's a fun story. It's a good story. And yet, when he paired pairing Thanksgiving and Jonah, and it said in our in the paragraph, it may seem like an unlikely pair. Yes, definitely. But I also made the as he was preaching this weekend. I, I all I could think about was Job. <laughs> I'm like, you know, different circumstances, but you know, Job had all this bad stuff happen to him. And, you know, we think about Job and, you know, God is being silent and like nothing's happening. Like Job is like the desert experience. And I guess this is the seafaring experience. I don't know. But like anything that's bad that's happening is all of a sudden, you know, God is like throwing these giant roadblocks (laughs) in in diversions in, in Jonah's way. And it's a totally different way to deal with the situation but is it just because Jonah was purposefully going, there is no way 
<laughs> no, oh, oh, you want me to go here? I'm going the total opposite. I mean, at least, at least Job, what you know, didn't really do anything to raise God's ire. But I just thought the the similarities between the stories were just really. It's an interesting way to look at how God deals with two different situations that and we can all relate to because we've all been there. But but Jonah, I mean, why why the opposite end of the world? I mean, Jonah wasn't a dumb person. He had to know something bad was going to happen, didn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he, I, I guess it's arguable that he wasn't a dumb person. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he wrote the book himself, so I think there's some self-deprecating <laughs> stuff in there. Um, but uh, if he didn't write the book himself, then uh, then I'm not sure if the author was kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but because he does, uh, you would think that one of that somebody who's God's prophet would know that there's nowhere you could run away from God to, and yet. Um, that's what Jonah does, and I think that probably, if we're honest with ourselves, we can all kind of admit that we run away from God um, and what we think He wants, and kind of hope that He'll leave us alone if we uh, if we head in enough of the opposite direction. I think that's what Jonah was up to. I think he he knew what God wanted him to do. He knew what he wanted to do, and he I think he thought, "What's my worst case scenario? God kills me. Um, I'd rather have God kill me than go do what He's asked me to do." I, that's pretty stark, it, though. It It is a, you know, it is kind of nice that we have this book, though. As Ken mentioned at the beginning of his, his sermon, it's just, we have this in the Old Testament. And even though there's almost characteristic, you know, almost a caricature kind of uh, look at, at somebody like, like Jonah, but, but we see a God that is trying to come out to say to all of us, through this story, hey, you know, you've got me a little bit wrong here, Jonah. <laughs> even though you're a pretty smart guy, yeah. even though you're a great preacher, obviously, even though all of the things that, you know, you think about me, uh, I'm, I'm, even, I'm even more different than you think. Because Jonah, like Ken said in the beginning, Jonah kind of figured this out. You, you know what you're going to do? You're going to pull this on me, God, and then I'm going to look <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah, because I said all these things, but but I do think it's a great story to understand and see God as this God who, in the Old Testament, we've always got pegged, but He's not, and it, it helps us understand God in a different way. So, in a sense, He uses everybody, <laughs> including somebody that may not look too bright. Oh no, I think <laughs> He was pretty bright actually. <laughs> Well, I agree with that. Yeah. So, Randy, uh, I have, uh, I do have a little bit of bonus content for people who are. Oh, there we go. Um, nice. Who are tuning into podcasts? There's, there's a little bit that I left out of the sermon that I'm just kind of saving special for this group. I don't know when you're ready for it, but you just tell me, okay? No, you're, let's roll into it. You're the it. audience, so you decide when you're ready, okay? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's just jump into it. So one of one of Jonah's complaints, what in Jonah chapter four. Um, Starting verse one is he he basically said it, he you know says that this change of plans greatly angered him and he said to God you know isn't this what I said was going to happen when I left that you're you know you're this merciful God that you're that you you weren't going to do this if these people turned away and then he says I'd rather be dead than than be alive if what I prophesied doesn't come true 
which goes back to what I said a little earlier, where I said he, he would have rather died than done what God wanted him to do. Why? Because he didn't want to look like a false prophet. Um, because the test of a, of a prophet in the Old Testament is, does what they say come true? That's one of the tests. Yeah. And Jonah knew that if, if what he prophesied, he knew firstly, he knew that all of Israel was rooting for Nineveh to be destroyed. That would have been like best case. And so when he prophesies it and it doesn't happen, then they're going to be like that Jonah, he's not a real prophet. And, and it was going to be humiliating and everything else. And I think that what's really fascinating about this is that Jonah is one of only, I believe, two prophets that Jesus actually uses their name, calls them by name. Jesus quotes all kinds of prophets um, in the Gospels. But I think I think only is Jonah, and I, and I think it might have been Isaiah, but I think that there is, or maybe it was Daniel. No, it was Daniel. There's only a couple prophets that Jesus actually calls out by name, hmm. and Jonah is one of them. Wow. He says, I'll give you the sign of Jonah the prophet. So I think the cool thing that I take out of that lesson is that I worry about my reputation all the time, but God is ultimately in charge of it and more than able to make sure that my reputation is what it needs to be. I mean, I think it's one of the coolest things that, that Jonah is worried about whether people would think he was a true prophet. And Jesus himself, God himself on earth, I think purposefully calls him Jonah the prophet to affirm that Jonah was a prophet called by God, even though what he said didn't come true. And I think that is just one of the cooler things to think about that, that Jonah has this honor, this distinction of being one of only a few prophets in the, in the, in the new Testament that Jesus specifically calls out by name. Wow. No, that's very cool. I mean, why does it always end up being like the people that just pull the, the the biggest blunders, you know, like Jonah, just thinking that yeah, I I can get on a boat and you know go to the other side <laughs> as far away from this as possible, go to the other side of the world, and you know David and 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 Bathsheba and and yet those are still people you know David is known as the man after God's own heart and it's it's these kinds of stories I guess that just makes you realize that it looks so crazy. Who's gonna you know, he's a prophet. He knows he can't get away. David knows he can't get away from God. We know we can't get away from God. We know that everything that we do or everything that we even think that God already knows about it. And yet we spend so much time fruitlessly trying to, like you said, even just trying to make sure that, you know, people think the right thing about us or that people don't become confused as to what we may or may not be when in reality— God already has that decided for us and he has it in his hands well without, you know, way better than if we jump in the middle of it and screw things up. And so it's, it's on one hand, it's easy to just kind of chuckle and go, how did you think you were going to get away with it? And then, you know, you just, you know, pick a point in your own life where you go, what was I thinking? That was, I, there's no way I was going to, you know, this, the, you know, going to get away with this or, or that this was something I wasted so much time on that really in the end didn't mean anything. And, you know, I, I, we've heard the story lots of times, but the, the way that you kind of described how furious Jonah is with God, that he doesn't destroy Nineveh and how, I don't know, it just seems odd to be that upset with God for not 
like wiping people off the face of the earth. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, you know, was, was, well, I guess it does, but it doesn't. What, how, I mean, um, I have a friend who's probably listening to this podcast who had a child that was killed by a drunk driver. Mm. And mm. can you imagine how you would feel if you had a child killed by a drunk driver and the judge just let him off? Just yeah. like, okay, well, don't do that again. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and so I think that, I think we, I think that Jonah's anger was pretty understandable when you think that he probably had relatives, people close to him who had been murdered by the Assyrians when they invaded Israel and, and, and not just kind of murdered, but just horrifically murdered. Um, you know, as I said, you know, I don't know how many kids we have living, listening to podcasts, but these people were brutal. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they were not, um, pleasant, uh, in the way that they would go about executing people and, uh, they, they, they tortured them, they hurt them. And so for Jonah to be furious that the Assyrians aren't made to pay for their genocide and for the horrific things they've done to the Israelites, I think for me is probably pretty understandable if it had happened to me. I think I'd be upset too. But how do we not? I mean, I'd like to tell you that I'm loving and forgiving, no. <laughs> but that's, I mean, you, you hurt one of my kids. It, no. You know, yeah. But yeah. How, how do we do any better if we know, I mean, I, like you said, when it's something that that's so personal though, that you can see where, certainly where the anger would come from. And, and even in, if we're, you know, talking about human justice, wanting that human justice that we all, you know, decide for ourselves, what would be justice for this crime or whatever crime may, may be out there. But, and then to have it to be more personal, but to know that God is, you know, ultimately in charge and to, you know, like we talked about, was it two weeks ago where, you know, can, can we celebrate this with God? Mm-hmm. How do we get to that point then? Because there's so much in our world and I, I don't think it's going to all of a sudden get a lot better that we have to each day decide that, you know, there's things and people that really need God that are doing these same types of things. And we want justice, but we also want people to know that God forgives them and, and would like Nineveh, right? He can change his mind. You know, I think that this is a, a big question that, you know, and, and where a lot of Christians need to, we need to sit down and really think about this because this answers a question about God. Is God, is God interested in punishing or is God interested in changing our hearts? And, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in justice thinking that justice just means you're just deserves, so to speak. You're getting what mm. you deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and justice means, you know, basically uh, eye for an eye. And, and that's not what God's about. And so that's where I really like this story, the way Ken's bringing it out, is the fact that God's saying to Jonah, and he's actually saying to all of Nineveh, hey, I'm, I'm into rehabilitation here. I'm not, not trying... I'm not trying to get these people punished. That's not my goal. My goal is that these people turn towards me. And we, God's followers, are going, that's not fair, God. You know, it's it just, 
but if God was being fair, we'd all be in trouble. So, so I, I think we have to, we really do have to answer this question as to what we're about. And the justice system in our country, even that, I mean, you think about prison time. Prison time isn't, we think of it as punishment, and it is punishment. But if you look at what those places are called, they're called correction centers, rehabilitation centers. I mean, that, that's what the whole point of it was, was that these people would go and get rehabilitated. Yeah. Now, whether or not you would do it from the standpoint of, okay, there are some people that, you know, we, we give life sentences to, that you, you can kind of stand on either way. But God's into changing hearts, hmm. not into creating punishment uh, and vindictive and vengeance and so forth. I think that's why he says to us, look, vengeance is mine. Let me take care of that piece. But and I find don't it, worry about it. I find it interesting, though, that really in this, it's he uses this forgiveness in his in changing his mind about Nineveh. And and the fish and everything, the whole the whole thing, and that's really all for Jonah. To me, it's it, so much of it is all for Jonah, because it, it really takes Jonah. I mean, Jonah wants to die when his comfort is taken away. When you know he, he gets the plant, and then of course there's the worm who's going to eat the plant, and the 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 you know, the opposite of the polar vortex comes in and just, you know, heats the place up and sandblasts him. And the, the idea that God changed his mind and wasn't going to do this and his reputation, all these things and, and not wanting to doing it in the first place and all of the probably hatred in his heart for these people. And now it's like, what, you're going to give them a second chance. You make me look stupid in the process. And then, you know, you may as well just, you know, I'd rather just die. And, that's a lot of ways to use and to build on and to go after and to stay on Jonah to get him to realize that really, like you said, Jeff, he's into taking care of that part, but he really wants to see hearts changed and, and one for the kingdom. So it, it just, it also begs the question when people say that's a lot of, that's a lot of putting huge roadblocks. I mean, fish and, and all these things that happened to Jonah and for really for his heart to be hurt in a way for the forgiveness and for the, the direction change that God goes through all just to change his heart. And you think, man, God's kind of mean, isn't he? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on whether yeah. you think about him not destroying a whole city with 120,000 people yeah. on it. I mean, I think, I don't think, I think that it feels like God's mean when he does things like that to us. But I suspect that Jonah, um, particularly if Jonah did write this book, um, I think Jonah understood what God was trying to, the point he was trying to make to Jonah. Yeah. And sometimes it, it Again, God is more interested in us changing our hearts towards those around us than he is in our creature comforts, if you will. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what do you think, Kent? You don't have to prove it or anything, but did Jonah write the book, you think? I, I think that if if Jonah didn't write the book, I think it was he dictated it to somebody. I do think he did. I think... And the reason I, I think it is probably the reason some people might think that he didn't is that he's such a bad guy in that 
in that book. I mean, he <laughs> the book ends with him pouting. I mean, yeah. just, just leaves him sitting under the tree <laughs> angry. Because we never um, hear anything and, more about Jonah, do we? This, am I right about yeah, that? Not really. No, not, not That's in, what the, I was gospel, looking not up. in the Not in the Bible, no. Hmm. Except for what Jesus uh, quoted about quoted him. him right, I, yeah. I, just, like, I guess I just feel like it just seems like something <laughs> his yeah. personality would do, just kind of leave himself as the bad guy and just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> These are the interesting stories that someday we will, you know, hopefully get a chance in heaven to find out and, you know, if Jonah's there and, and, or if whichever way it works out that, you know, to talk to God and, and figure out, I mean, cause if there's two stories and again, just the Job and the Jonah connection to me was just really strong for whatever reason. And just the way that God sometimes is very much in our face with, Hey, I need you to move. I need you to move. I need you to move. And then, or Hey, yeah, bad stuff is, bad stuff is happening and has happened all around you. And now I'm just going to go, I'm going to go silent <laughs> and in each way. In the end, it's God saying, look, I can do whatever I want, and you don't get to tell me how I handle Nineveh. You don't get to tell me how I handle these life situations when I came to Job. And and I just thought that at the end, it just really, in both, in both cases, and especially Jonah, I think I many of us can find more of a connection with Jonah because of... <laughs> Yeah, I am going to go the other way. I am going to do something completely crazy thinking that I can get away with it. I mean, in in the, for the most part, the story of Job, I mean, he was just minding his own business and there was, you know, they didn't find God didn't find any fault with them for the most, you know. So I don't know that maybe I I don't resonate with Job that way so much. I don't know about everybody else, but I find a little <laughs> bit more common ground with Jonah where it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I should do. Um, but that's not what I'm going to do. And then somewhere down the road, I'm pretty sure God's going to meet me somewhere and we're going to have a little, you know, a little talk about this and then we'll, we'll figure out how we can kind of split the difference on what he wanted (laughs) and on what I want. And I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure this will all work out and it won't be any problems, but to think of it as a Thanksgiving, I really thought that was really, really I mean, I'm thankful for it because it's such a stark contrast to what we would normally think about for just being thankful or for being grateful. And uh, over the years, Heather and I have done a lot of like prayer experiences on gratitude and things to be grateful for. And very often it's, like you said, it's on things that we have or things that we can look at our lives where we live, um, you know, the country we live in, just the the general things that we have and look at people around us and go, yeah, I've got it pretty good. God's good. And then on the other part here, it's like, well, yeah. And, but it doesn't always, God doesn't mean God doesn't have things for you or have things for you to do, or isn't concerned with your life. If things aren't going as comfortably as you would hope for. And I think that just to, you know, that the, the point that you made about just having a relationship with him makes him deliriously happy. I love that. Deliriously happy. Where did that come from? Uh, that came from a, um, a, a uh, commentary that I was using on, I think the books of Amos, Obadiah and Jonah. And they were kind of talking about the, uh, 
the Hebrew that was being used in this passage and, and how, how English translations don't kind of capture exactly just how happy Jonah was about this plant (laughs) growing over top of him. And they said, you know, you can, I mean, in other words, you could have said Jonah was deliriously happy. (laughs) And so that, that obviously is such a strong and catchy way of saying it. It definitely caught my attention. Um, loved it, thought it was great. And, uh, Huh? It's, it was. It really caught it, and I think it does do a good job of kind of explaining exactly what uh, what the Book of Jonah was trying to say there. Yeah, no, I I think that was great. It made uh, just deliriously happy. That was a it was a picture that came in my mind that I just really enjoyed, and uh, I just hadn't heard it that way before. And I think that was that was great. What was the favorite thing? What was your your favorite thing about this about the message, Ken? Was you you thought about putting these two together, and anything to jump out at you that you weren't expecting? Um, you know the the deliriously happy part um, was was something that was uh, a new new thought as I as I went through this. Uh, I think, and uh, I think my favorite part was just getting to. To jump up and down and stomp on the stage. Oh and man! Put on my yes. angry Jonah voice. That's probably my favorite part. You were an awesome Jonah, bro. An awesome <laughs> Jonah. That was so good. I'm like, who knew Ken I'm had awesome at throwing temper tantrums? <laughs> who knew Ken had acting jobs? Ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, it did it did give Jonah a bit of a bipolar <laughs> feel to him. <laughs> uh. Bipolar. I like it. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, if you missed the message, guys, please, please don't because it was very, it was entertaining. And because of it, just in that piece alone, it was it was fun to watch Ken play out that part. But also just to see how how different. I mean, you hear the story so many times, and you know how it ends, and you know all this, but just to use. You know, Ken said something, he said something to the effect of God often uses what feels like chaos to save us. And I thought to myself, how many times does life feel like chaos? And I wonder in those times when God is trying to, you know, nudge us here or nudge us there, what part did I miss that has me now in chaos and things that are just, you know, teaching us lessons and preparing us to just continue to grow and be better and rely more on on God each and every day. And I just, it was a, it was a really good Thanksgiving message and just one I was totally not prepared for. And it's just been making me, it's, it's really had my mind all over the place since watching it and then rewatching it again, just because I wanted to, to go through it a second time. And I don't know that you're going to find too many places where you're going to find the story of Jonah on Thanksgiving. And have it work, and have it work yeah, so good well. Luck with that. <laughs> oh, I like it. And one of the and, from the messed up mind of Ken Wetmore. <laughs> well, that's the KWP in us that just you know we have a uh, we have that um, that translation now, and so you know every once in a while you have to jump in and see what happens. And uh, this exactly. week was this week was perfect. And our whole life reflections this week were really good. They they asked us just a simple series of questions. And, you know, sometimes you go, ah, well, that's a good question, or this is a good question. And it, it really was four simple things. Make a list of the things for which you're grateful. Why are you grateful for the things you listed? And if the things on your list were taken away, would you still feel gratitude to God? 
And and then at the end, you know, you you kind of you kind of go through those three and think to yourself, yeah, yeah, those uh, man, what 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 would I feel like about God, and would I still have gratitude if those things were taken away? And then the fourth one was take a moment to bask in the knowledge that God feels delirious joy in your life. And again, that delirious joy, it's just been, it's really been sticking with me. And that's not often enough how I feel about, or how I think God feels about me. And I'm not saying I sit around and just think about it, but often when I feel like this is what God is, and this is who God is and how he thinks about me or even that he thinks about me. I think it's good to remember that God thinks about us and that even more so that he feels delirious joy. I just, man, I, I've really enjoyed that this week. And I've really enjoyed kind of owning that a little bit, that that is who God and what God feels about just me. And I mean, I guess I should probably feel like that every day. And yet so often it just feels more like, ah, kind of the Job and the silent God relationship that, yeah, I know you're there. And, um, you know, I, I feel like you listen to me, but I don't always see things. And, but just to know that someone is really excited, deliriously so for you, I don't know, that, um, that made a difference in my life this week and I hope it did yours too. And so... Our final thoughts are from the closing of the Ken's message. He said, the book of Jonah challenges us to be grateful for the material blessings God gives us, but to find our true joy in what gives God joy. People who turn their hearts and lives over to God. And then he said, take a moment to text someone and tell them you are grateful for them and why. And I'm like, man, that's a great idea. Because if I am feeling this kind of revival that God is deliriously finds this delirious joy in me, and I have someone that maybe I haven't talked to for a while that I really like and I really enjoy, but for whatever reason, life or distance or all the above get in the way. What a cool idea just to send them a text and let them know you're grateful or a phone call. So I have that on my list to do this week. I hope you do too. And we are what? Simply Christmas. What is, uh, no, wait, simply joy, simply joy for Christmas. We're going to have joy. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Is it? I think so. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, hey, can we also plug the fact that uh, <laughs> this week uh, we started? Oh, right. Yes. Our, um, our staff. Um, yes, devotionals. Uh, devotionals. Yeah, we have staff devotionals that are up on pretty much every one of our social media platforms. I think. Uh, yeah, I just talked to Phil about them going up on even on our new on our new TikTok channel. So that's what fun. we have a TikTok channel. Yeah. We do. Totally. Cow. There's only one thing on it, but you know we're, we're working on it. I don't think I have TikTok. I'm. I may have to break down now. I would not. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have TikTok, I don't, I don't recommend TikTok. But if you have it, but if you have it, it might actually be worthwhile to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and, was the. And that, it only takes. It only takes two minutes out of your day. Yeah, that yeah. was the worst plug for TikTok in history. <laughs> yeah. Today, Carla Carla Youngma is doing the uh, the talk, and it is phenomenal. It oh, is it a was a really good one. So you know what? Yeah, um, yeah and it, and I think I saw from you, Ken, wasn't it an invitation just to to go ahead and share those if you can to whether you yeah, know. I'd love it if people would just share it on their social media. It just it's amazing how just four or five shares gets gets a video watched so many more times, yeah. and you get up when you start getting the twenty and thirty shares. It's amazing how those videos take off. And, you know, when it comes to evangelism at Whole Life Church, we, we take an approach that I think is effective, which is to 
think of creative ways to do things, inviting people to be a part of things that they're they're going to, you know, benefit them and, and help them know. And I think this is one of those things where, you know, all it takes is just a little click just, just to share it on your newsfeed or wherever, you know, whatever platform you're using just to share it with a couple other people. And, and, uh, and yeah, I, I think their day will be better for it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I will agree. I mean, I thought yours was great because I mean, what kid didn't want the fire truck? Dude. Right, and you had the yeah. and you well. There's a surprise. I'm not going to tell you. And uh, you, you watch. It's I know it's on Instagram and it's on Facebook and it's probably on TikTok already. Um, but those Ken's video was phenomenal, and as was Carla's this morning. And so that was. Yep. Um, I just hers was a oh such a great story, yeah. and something that you know for someone that might be struggling through a Christmas time yeah. this year, man, what a great story that she shared about joy. Exactly. And, uh, and we have a new one coming out every weekday morning. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, until we get to Christmas. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. All the staff, uh, did one or two yeah. and, um, they did just fantastic. It's good stuff. Well, at minimum, at least share your favorites. You know, if there's going to be that many, yeah. then at least share a favorite. Well, you know, guys, guess what? I know, uh, Ken, you're on a hard out, aren't you? I am. Okay. So I'm going to okay. have to sign <clears throat> off on you. Okay. Well, Jeff, you want to hang around um, for a little bit? We have, uh, we, Stanley was out today and it was kind of a weird, crazy weird, crazy day all the way around. And we just got some questions that were from the Q&A. So, um, Let's, uh, Jeff, you want to, want to go and tackle a couple of them? Sure. I've got about five or 10 minutes. All right. Here. Well, well, thank you, Ken. We'll let you go. And, uh, I, we appreciate the, uh, he just literally, they just came into my text messages or I would have, <laughs> I would have asked them earlier. Sorry about that, but we'll let you go since you need to, to jet on out and we'll, we'll try to tackle a couple of these and, uh, and then we'll wrap everything up. Okay, I I think he answered Ken answered part of it on on Saturday. It was from our good friend Nathaniel Reyes. I know Nathaniel listens. He's got a nice commute uh, every day for about an hour. So yeah, I know, so yeah. I know he catches the podcast on the regular. And he said, "Love the sermon as always." So I I think it's so interesting that Jonah has that older son mentality in the prodigal son story. For me, I'm truly grateful, and I need to be more grateful. But I wonder if gratefulness should ever be earned. And I think Ken answered that, um, but he said, he went on to say, because it appears that Jonah should have gotten the pat on the back, but as always, God knew what he was doing, and he followed it up with, what does internal comfort look like then? Hmm. Yeah, I I think, you know, as far as getting a a pat on the back for Jonah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, God followed him basically around the, the <laughs> bend known world. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh you know, and basically you know, he gives him a pat on the back. I you know, I do think I do think that God was giving him a pat on the back from the standpoint of God believed in Jonah, just like he believes in all of us. Yeah. And and I and I think that the whole point of Jonah's story, and I and I, I love the story because like I said, I, I, like Ken mentioned, I think Jesus 
uses this story probably maybe maybe we don't hear about it in the, in the gospel but i think jesus probably preached this story too because it's very similar to the prodigal son story right sure yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of older brother <laughs> mentality <laughs> yeah there in is the, in the story so so nathaniel you're you're right there there is uh, a great deal to let me learn from uh in, in these two uh if you want to Call a parable the prodigal son, or some people think Jonah's a parable. Some people think it's real. You know, I, yeah, you know, it's a, it's one of those things where um, Jesus never, never begs us to believe the prodigal son story, or whether it's true or not. So, sure, all we're saying is that we get a chance to use this story for what it's being, you know, what it's set up for, and I think that that the whole point of Jonah is that God did believe in him. Yeah, that God. I mean that. If you're if you're looking for affirmation or any kind of validation from God, Jonah had it because sure. that was he was Joe he was God's guy in this case. You know, I think it's just interesting just thinking about it quickly that you know as Ken is preaching this message, and again, it, it's again a very different take, at least from anything I've heard personally on the story of Jonah, and I really appreciated that, and that. Immediately, it also made parallels to me really deep with the story of Job. And then Nathaniel's listening, and it's bringing these these parallels to the prodigal son parable. And, you know, I think that's when we start to really find those similarities and those different things that we've been reading and we've been in our Bible. And that's when the stories really start to take shape. Like you said, whether they're real or whether they're an allegory, as some people— you know, think they might be. And regardless of, of that, the stories start to have an impact. And as you find things in common with them, and it, it really starts to bring out the best in, in all the stories and find ways for them to, you know, to deepen our love for God as we, we find that throughout the Bible, he's always the same. And all of these trigger, you know, different kind of a different feel for everybody differently and how, you know, three of us all thought of it in a different and, and correlated it to something different. I just think that's, uh, that's really unique and, uh, that's really cool. All right. So next week we are, what it's Christmas, simply joy. We talked about that. So I guess, I guess that's it. So I don't even, do you know, do you know what that's about? I don't know if I do. I I think we're kind of boiling Christmas down to, you know, some of these, these pieces uh, we're kind of using the idea of simply much like the orange juice logo simply orange juice simply oh, lemonade yes. simply. oh well, here it is I, thing. I do have it simply christmas simple joy psalm 67 yeah. 4 from the new living translation says let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world this christmas it's simple we have joy because jesus reigns over our lives well all right there you go that's upcoming this week, and so that'll uh, that'll take care of it for this week. As always, thanks to Pastor Ken, who uh, had to go a little bit quicker. Um, just got a late start, and so no problem. And Jeff, thanks for sticking around and uh, answering the Q&A, and we'll see everybody next week. Have a great week, everyone. All right.